Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Genesis Man Project Podcast. We continue to explore masculine identity through the concepts of reason, roles, and relationship. Part two of our conversation will focus on the challenges and successes of a biracial and blended family with Daniel Peters. Do you think growing up in a biracial family um, made you kind of more lean towards having one yourself or that just things worked out that way? You know, it's a, I, I heard a saying once that we as men look for qualities that our mother had in our spouses and women do the opposite. They'll look for similarities of their father in their spouses. That's what someone told me. I don't think, I'm not saying <laughs> that it was, it was calculated or that I'm like, no, I never pictured myself with either or. It could have been Indian, could have been Chinese. Like, mm-hmm. I was, whoever matched with me, I was, a, I was willing to at least chat with. I, went, I was, like I said, I became stubborn to the idea of being in a complete monogamous relationship. And, you know what I mean? Being focused on one because I was just, I had enough. But I wasn't, I wasn't particular to white or black or Indian or whomever, really. Mm-hmm. It just so happened this way with, with my ex, too, of all things, because, you know, I've never gone really back to an ex to that degree, whether I'm, where I'm like, okay, let's try another full-out relationship. Let's do it. But, um, yeah, there was just, I, I, pray, I did a lot of praying about it. Even before I really got strong in my faith, I was still praying, like, Lord, like, what do I do here? Like, hear me out at least on this. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should continue on with her, et cetera, and not that I wasn't saying there was no, never a clear answer, but here we are still mm-hmm. building together. So I believe it's part of the Lord's plan. And mm-hmm. I mean, I feel if, if I, if I was going on the wrong path, he would definitely make it clear to me that I was, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so Daniel, I guess one of the things that um, been in my mind to ask you about is uh maybe what are some of the challenges and successes, you know, that you've faced um, being a part of a biracial family? And, and I wonder, um, uh, were they maybe any different than the ones that you faced growing up in one? I wouldn't say, I think because I've come from one that I, there was nothing, I, there was nothing particularly different about it. Like I was always used to being open-minded. I was never in a, all black or all white family where we might have certain th- thought processes towards other races because I grew up in a, such a, a, a home that was with black and white. I never, I mean, through my adolescence in elementary school, you know, it's funny because we used to have like different games we'd play at recess and they would say it'd be black against white or like they would, they would do it like that. And so they would ask me, what, what side are you on today, Daniel? What side are you on today? <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yes, and I guess it got to the point where my answer was, what side do I look like I'm on, right? Like literally, <laughs> my physical appearance, if, right? So, so either way, but I, I never put aside my white side. I was always proud to be mixed, always. I would say it proudly, yeah, I'm mixed, man. I'm the best of both worlds. Like, you know, <laughs> that, that was my mentality, right? So, and that's why I pass on to my kids as well, my daughter. Like, you've got the best of both, baby. Don't you worry. Like, you know, but I mean, in t- like, I know my mom had challenges with my father. 
obviously, going out and just seeing people's looks and the way that they would uh, react. But um, outside of that, like, me, we were in a newer time frame where it wasn't really looked at. I mean, one time I was out at Subway, of all places, with my girl now, and um, a man came up. This ignorant white dude came up and was literally touched my girl and was like, you can do better than this, and walked out oh of the my. Subway on his way out. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my. What? Yeah. So I'm like, that guy's a racist. He's a complete That's racist. He's kind of raised up there, eh? <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Oh, man. I get kind of worked up just even re <laughs> revisiting it. But, um, yeah, outside of that, I've never really had any issues, like, going out with her to that. Like, people, I mean, every now and then you might see the odd, he's with her. Like, what's he doing? Like, you know what I mean? Or maybe a white guy might give the odd at, at me. But it's, we've never really had any true challenges like that, right? Like, it's, it seems, it's pretty, pretty much, I wouldn't say norm at this point. There's still a high level of racism in, in our society, but there's an acceptance of, of biracial couples now, more, more so than it ever has been, mm -hmm. from and my so I, experience. I, I know that your, your son is very young, um, mm -hmm. but do your children kind of, ask you any questions about, you know, being biracial or black or white or even when they interact with other kids, you know, have you ever well, like I not, not, not any problem. Like I told you, like with my daughter, she's eight now. So I've, I've instilled in her to be proud, be proud. Don't let them, if it's ever said to you that, you know, you're mixed, you like, don't tell them you're the best of both. And they're just jealous. That's all I, I tell my daughter that, yeah. believe me. They're jealous of you, baby. They don't realize how, how awesome it is to have some black and some white in you. Like, you know, it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. And eventually, I bet you any money, baby, the world's going to be completely mixed in 100 years from now. Like, you know what I mean? The way, the way that we're going. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, make, I make them feel proud. My son, like I said, he's only two, so he doesn't realize any of it yet. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be the same messaging to him. Like, be prouder. Be prouder that you have... The, a blend of, of different parts. And like, if you really get down to it, like my, my grandmother was from India. My grandfather was from Africa. My mom's family was originated from England. Like, you know, and then my, my spouse now is Irish and Portuguese. Like you're such a great mix of so many cultures. Like you're, you're more advanced if mm -hmm. anything, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and, you know, and, and speaking of, uh, and I think it's, I think it's great. Um, you know, when you have a father that is around and, you know, is there to um, really kind of support you and, and help to kind of uh, shape you and kind of shape a message, mm -hmm. you know, a positive message in your life. Um, so I, I think, I think that's, that's absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, I, I, I uh, dropped a new blog today and the mm -hmm. new blog was called, um, um, be a be a snare drum and the reason why i uh the reason why i um i i made that title and that inspiration was that um i used to teach grade nine music i, I still do every now and again and you know uh they can be a challenging bunch because they really don't know how to play their instrument it yeah. can be terrifying <laughs> and you know even though i'm out there waving my baton my conductor's baton I mean, it can be a train wreck 
trying to yeah. get music during the performance. And the only thing sometimes that will keep the group together is the drummer because they, mm. they won't exactly, they, they hardly ever look at you. That's <laughs> right. Listen to what's going on. And so if you've got a strong drummer, then, you know, you can get through anything. And uh, there's a piece of music called Bolero by a uh, composer named Ravel. You've probably heard it, even, even if you may not be familiar with the name. Mm-hmm. And the percussion part, it, it goes on for about 20 minutes, and it's the same repetitive percussion part nonstop. When all the instruments come, all the instruments go, but the percussion just keeps going. Going, yeah, yeah. And in my mind, I thought, this is the consistency of fatherhood. Right, mm. this is what is necessary when it's soft, when it's loud, uh, when every you know different members, different people in the family are you know are going through. The consistency of fatherhood is there, mm. and for you to be there to kind of send uh, 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 that message to your to your daughter and to your son about you know this is what being a biracial kid is, and i I'm one. And you know, uh, be proud. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. That's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. So um, maybe you can, you know, kind of fill in the blanks for me and tell me what has your journey been like as a father? You know, um, and you've touched on it a bit already with you know the messaging that you give to your kids. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how well? How would you uh, kind of describe your journey? How was that going? Oh man, well it was it was difficult when uh it got to a point where I wanted to start getting my daughter more obviously a lot of people turned to the courts to try to settle some of these disagreements but I wanted to get my daughter a little more often than I was I wanted to have her cuz she wasn't in school yet so I wanted to try to keep her here with me for maybe a week at a time her mother can have her for a week and she wasn't in agreement me mainly because one of the reasons that she was using against me because i was at the time i told you my brother was battling some of his own problems and she didn't want my daughter to be in the household if my because i was allowing my brother to stay here for a short period of time to try to you know i mean get his grounds about him and because he was here she was using that against me that because you know he's dealing with his own problems i don't want our daughter there when he's there so you can't have him more and if he's if he's there i'm not going to let her come there blah, blah, blah. So it became a problem. So I went to the courts to try to get things, you know what I mean, a little more fairly drawn out for me, but it ended up having to cost me. And again, I was living here at this point by myself, my sister, I bought my sister out. Like, again, the way the Lord had worked for me was just amazing because I was working at at my job at the time at the LCBO and my, my financial situation was not very good. Um, but somehow through God's grace, I was able to get approved to buy my sister out of the house so I could, so she could move on because she was now pregnant with her third child with her, with her husband. And, uh, there was no room here for us, obviously all to be living together. So it was either we put the house up for sale or if things work out for you, Dan, you can get approved to buy me out and hold the house by yourself. So be it. And it was literally like the, the last moment I had, I tried to go to the bank. They weren't approving me. I tried to go to, I ended up going to a B lender and they were able to pull some strings and get me the opportunity to give my sister the buyout and take over the house myself. So I was in the home 
by myself now, letting my brother stay here and trying to get my daughter. So I had gone to the courts. The courts were basically saying that I would have to pay this, this, this through family court. I would have to get a lawyer if I wanted. That's going to cost me. So I couldn't afford any of it. Mm-hmm. And because on paper, her mother was a um, bartender. So on paper, she made less than minimum, the minimum amount. So she gets the, the legal side covered for her. So when we go to court, she's going to have a lawyer appointed to her free of charge. And I'm going to have to pay for one because I make 55000 on paper. But I, obviously, I didn't have the funds because I was, I was literally house broke at this time because I was trying to hold this house down by myself while now paying child support as well off the books because she was she was willing to settle with me for child support but it was the time i was trying to get my daughter i was trying to get gain more access to her and she was denying it so we had settled out of court for the child support judging where we went on the ontario child support graph that they have and i looked up the amount i made annually and it would tell you it tells you however much you make this is how much you should be paying for one child per year two child three child so based off of that and what i made i started paying her that amount so that was fairly straightforward there was no need to go to court for that but once she was denying me additional access to my daughter is where i tried to go to court and, and see if i can gain more and it wasn't the case I, I couldn't afford it so i had to kind of suck it up and, and just take it, get what i could get at that time take my daughter out for a day here and there if I can get her overnight, if I could prove, you know, my brother wasn't here, then I could take her overnight, things like that, right? So it became just a lot of loop hoops to jump through. But then things changed, obviously, like, you know, thank God. He continued to watch over me and, and continued to give me, give me the strength and provide opportunities for me, even though I was so undeserving. And that's like, I can't stress enough how undeserving I was for his love. And yet he still came through for me time and time again, man. And that's just what I'm, I'm so thankful for and why I'm so strongly indulging myself in him, in him nowadays to, to just ask for forgiveness, to make up for lost time, you know what I mean? And just build that relationship with them. But um, yeah, just moving forward, like I said, my sister moved out. I was here by myself. I was able to, my brother ended up going to get himself the, the help that he needed. I was able to start getting my daughter on the weekend. So I was first, it started, I was getting her Friday to Saturday every week. And then I started saying, okay, you know, I'll give every, every other weekend and I'll get the full weekend instead. So we can kind of structure a little better. We can, I can have more time with her on the weekends. And then I would go every midweek and take her and my mom out. My mom had her own little, she was renting a small little spot in Pickering. So Wednesday, I would go and pick up my daughter after work, pick up my mom, take them to Swiss Chalet, and then drop them both back home and then go back home and then you know and then i would get her on the weekends and then yes so it was tough man it was just a tough tough time it had me in tears many times because it's crazy they don't realize on the other side like her mother's side what it's like to have to have her just for these very small incremental time frames and then having to drop her back and you know you come back home there's a feeling of emptiness now you're sitting in your home. Your daughter's room is empty. She's just not here with you. She's back with her mom again. Like, you know, and they, I don't think that they really grasp how that really affects you. Like, you know, she gets, sure, she'll come to me for a weekend and then she's back after the weekend. So it's only, a, it's more like a break for her 
mom <laughs> for the from the responsibilities and she can go and do what she wants to do for the weekend then my daughter's back but for me it's it's um invest as much time as i can over those two and a half days and then drop her back and then look at her empty room and feel a feeling of voidness a feeling of emptiness you know yeah. and uh that that also caused a little friction a little bit of friction with my current situation because i would be investing because obviously i have my son now but when my daughter would come over i'd be investing so much time into her and not into my wife and into my son as much as i would want to or as much as i normally do but i'm trying to now compensate for the time that i have been missing out with my daughter so you know i'm focusing okay baby yeah let's do this let's do that and so it caused some friction you know what i mean that you know you're you're neglecting us now and and it's hard for for anyone to really understand it's something i still battle with because i'm trying to put as much time in with my daughter as i possibly can when i do have just so she has these memories and i mean there's a fear involved in my life as well that I, since i'm it's just i'm pouring it out on you right now so <laughs> just bear with me but the fact that my father passed away at 56 years old mm-hmm. is something that does resonate with me and does sit in the back of my mind at times where i'm just like it's all in god's hands and of course it is and I, and i'm trying to convince myself to just have faith in the lord's plan but of course there's always going to be in the back of your head what if you get a brain what if you are overwhelmed so what if you're doing too much where you're not relaxing enough and you get a brain tumor what if something happens your father died at a young age your mother's mother died at a young age like who knows genetically what's going to happen so i try to invest as much as i can and and make up for the time lost with my daughter and now with my son putting as much time in with him as i can and and giving them things i never had you know and but also not trying to spoil them you know and that's that's where the balance comes into play because my father was a very militant and strict man like you know you've got to do this 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 and then I'll put, I'll give you something for for your hard work but whereas me now like it's to the point where we didn't even have like, the nice breakfast cereals we had corn flakes and brown sugar man and we had grapefruit juice <laughs> like he was a health he was about healthiness and you're not eating all that sugar stuff you're not eating white sugar you're eating brown sugar and if you want juice you drink grapefruit juice so <laughs> me my <laughs> sister and i used to pour brown sugar into the grapefruit juice and stir it up and it would look almost like a swamp water but it's the only way we could deal with it to be make it some sweetness you know what i mean but that that's the type of man my father was like you know but uh, so now me i try to give a little more i try to say okay yeah we're going to get the lucky charms this time for you guys that's what you yeah, want yeah. all right we'll get the fruit loops <laughs> you know what i mean stuff like that right so yeah. so you know um you know uh then we're almost good done here to wrap things up but mm. you know i i, I do say i do feel very much that um that you are uh someone who's an inspiration uh you know and i know that you are hard on yourself because of wasted time but you know there's only so much you can do with the past right you know mm-hmm. i'm mentoring a young man right now and he he's kind of kind of hung up on some things in the past right and there's only so much you can do with the past and you have to you know live in the live in the present and mm. as much as you can to the future um and um i think i met you maybe a few years ago when you started coming to abundant life gospel center um and so it's been good really getting to know you and despite your journey you know i think i believe just from what i can see uh that you are you were at a positive place with god Mm-hmm. And, um you you have a, a future that looks bright. And so I guess my question 
would be um, like, what advice would you give to someone who is like going through, you know, the situations that you have gone through? Whereas, you know, if it's that struggle with, you know, um, with um, seeing your kids uh, or just you're farther, you may not believe it or you do, I don't know, but you are farther along. And some people right now are just kind of in the middle of it mm. and, and just are just in the middle of it. What advice would you give uh, to someone maybe listening who is going through what you have gone through? I mean, one, what's coming to me right now, one of the major scriptures that really has changed my life over the last few years is... Um, I can't even, I don't even know the exact scripture. You'd know it, but. <laughs> Paraphrase it. Okay. Yes. What, what, what it's saying is when you're going through, it's when you're going through the hardest of times, that's when the Lord is the closest to you. So when you feel like you're on your own and you're trying to get over these hurdles and like just one thing's attacking you after another and you're, you're trying to put up, keep on your feet and hold to carry the weight. Like I'm telling you, man, I went through so many years of feeling like all the weight was on my shoulders. And I'm like, I have no one to turn to. I don't have my father anymore to, to, to speak to. I don't have my mother's, you know what I mean? Going through her own d depression and, and issues. I don't have, who do I have Lord? I have no one. And that's when you have to realize that the God is our God is closest to you. He is closest and his power is so is so surreal that he's he's willing to work with you, but you have to just be be at a point in your mind where you're telling yourself, "I know you're here," mm -hmm. and I know it's so hard, and I know some what I'm going through right now is part of you sharpening me. You're creating something in me, mm -hmm. and just give me the patience and and the strength to get through this story because it's all according to your plan and any, anything that devil's trying to make into evil, you will turn into good. And, and that's that those are the main pieces that I've learned along this path that no matter what I have to try to overcome or cheat or, or get through or, or whatever obstacles that continue that the devil is trying to throw in my way, the Lord's using these things to, to create something inside of you to, to bring you up to that, 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 level that you are expected to be eventually become like god has a plan for you and he is with you through the hardest of times so don't ever think that you're actually by yourself just have us put yourself in a position where you say lord i'm giving this to you this is going to be what you need to take from me i'm in this position because you are allowing me to be in this position for a reason and you're never going to give me more than you've created me to handle. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and that, that's, that's in it in a nutshell, man. That's, it's helped me just to realize that God, I know you're here right now. I know I'm fighting to see my daughter more. And I know it just seems like I'm not going to get it. And now I'm trying to keep this house afloat. And I, I don't know if I can do it. And he's there right beside you saying, of course we can do it, son. We can do it for a daughter. And just knowing that you're, you have a teammate, you're a team, even when you feel like you're isolated, you have the strongest captain of the universe yes. holding the ball with you. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so just stay on point with that, man. And that should help whenever you need. And obviously having people to talk to, <laughs> that's a major key as well. But, yeah. um, but yeah. that's, that's just my, my faith side. And I'm a big believer that as men, we need to, be able to, to to talk to each other on our small group last night. The idea that um, uh, we can't be like lone ships, 
You know, that's right. we need to be in a convoy because that's where there's safety and there's protection. That's right. Support one another. And um, so speaking of that, uh, you know that um, this uh, podcast probably be broken up into two sections and it's going to be on the Genesis Man Project website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Genesis Man, you know, is it's something that, that's been very dear to my heart. And um, you've also um, been going through the book as in, in our small group. Yes. Um, maybe you can maybe tell me one or two things that maybe stands out to you about um, the Genesis man. And, you know, we talk about reason, roles, and relationship and things like that. Maybe what's something that maybe stands out to you that might have helped you um, or just kind of, you know, is a kind of a bit of forefront in your mind. I mean, what I what I love the most about it is getting together with brothers in Christ and discussing whether it be about the book, whether it be about issues. It's it's so valuable to me, and it just even when I leave the, for the night, I feel like a weight's been taken off my shoulders. Even if I haven't talked about anything about myself particularly, but mm-hmm. I just feel that 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 fullness. You don't feel empty, you know, and it's not the type of conversation. It's just different than what you get from like your friend who's not a believer or, or an acquaintance who you talk to when times are hard. No, man, there's, there's something there when you're all gathered together in the Lord that fills you. It's, it's, it's not really something that's easily explained, man, but the Lord's presence is there and he's working in us and, and just having us together. I mean, read the book. Read the book first and foremost, but come and join our group, man. I'm telling you. It's amazing just to have each other's input and to listen to our perspectives. And we have a variation of ages and backgrounds. And, and that, that's what makes it just so, so exciting to be a part of, man, because we all come from different segments, you know, and different time frames and experiences. And it's just, I, I'm like, I'm smiling, man, just telling you about it because I enjoy <laughs> it. I enjoy it. Yeah, I really do. And, and I think it's very worthwhile for us, like you said, to, to have that that um that networking of brothers who who have the lord in their lives that can assist one another and we can be there to help hold each other up through through the tribulations of being a man in in this world and and with the expectations of of what a man is supposed to be and that's something that this is that's your forte and that's what you're walking us through right now is helping to understand what you know that it's not all what the, what the way they're making you think it is. You don't have to be strong all the time. You can talk about your issues. We can discuss with one another. God's made us for a purpose. Our purpose came before even we did. And just, you know what I mean? We got to put him first and continue to, to walk in his light with one another. And that's just the promotion there with each other. It just helps us to continue to keep those, the, those wheels turning towards him, man. And, you know, if, it's a major piece in, in the strengthening of my relationship with the Lord. And I'm thankful for it. Okay. I really am, brother. Wow. And one last thing. This is the last thing. Uh, tell us about your Facebook group. And ah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I follow it. I don't always comment because, you know what? I don't want to steal your thunder, man. This, this is your Stop, baby. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, maybe tell us a little bit about your Facebook group and what you do. And, like, do, are you... Uh, growing it and um, can people come and, 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 you know, be a part of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I created a group. It's been about two years now 
Uh, the, when I first started it, it it's called the, the, Fel the Association of Fellowship, excuse me. And um, I started on Instagram first, actually, which it still continues on Instagram, but it's more interactive on Facebook. And Instagram is limited to the amount of people you can have join the group. I think 20 is the max, whereas Facebook, like, we can have, I think, 250. So um, we've got about maybe 40 guys in, in our Facebook group now. And basically what, how it started, I, again, I got to thank the Lord because he just came on, he came, came through me and said, I, I felt that he was telling me, Daniel, just open up a little social media. You get your verse of the day in your emails. You get your little scripture of the day in your emails. Share that with some of your brothers that are attempting to find the Lord. Find me. Share that with them. Just to give them that little seed. Plant that seed. You know what I mean, my son? Plant that for me. And we're going to see how this is going to slowly grow and, and, and culminate into something. So I started on Instagram, and I would just share my daily scripture and, and the, the Bible verse of the day. And then say, you know, God bless, guys, have a good day. And that led into we slowly added people. And then certain people that didn't have Instagram or had Facebook or vice versa, I said, okay, I got to have to create a, a Facebook one now. Mm -hmm. And the Facebook one, like I said, is a lot more interactive. There's a lot more individuals because we're not limited to the group size. And I don't know, people just feel like they want to talk more on the Facebook group. They enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So we get guys, that they share their scriptures. It's a constant just, you know, um, not only not only are we gaining um, biblical scripture and gaining some of the Lord's word, but we are saying prayers for one another. We, we request things of each other. It's just an open setting where we can serve one another and, and help to strengthen the Lord in each other. Mm -hmm. Similar to your group that you do, except it's just through Facebook and we just message each other instead. Mm -hmm. But it's great, man. We share numerous things, whether it be problems we're dealing with, or prayers or anything just to help inspire us man it's it's helped so many of us and and i'm just thankful that the amount and people are adding people as we go like i said like you know my cousin now i wanted to have a, okay yeah my best friend my neighbor wants to come okay yeah yeah and we'll add people and we just give them that we're trying to get that start of the day that's that's my main piece here the very first thing in the morning i get up say my prayers open up my email and i'll share the word so that mm -hmm. first thing, we want to try to get that word in us first and foremost to start our day on the right foot. You know what I mean? Because the devil, you, we, are, we all know the devil's prowling like a lion, right? Looking for who he can devour any moment. He don't sleep. So we want to have this first thing in the morning. We want to start getting our armor on, get that word in us, and just have the Lord start to, start to work in us from the, very, from the waking of our eyes. So that we're not going to be bogged down. We don't start the day tripping over something and dropping something. Now you're frustrated. Now you get out in your car and you're behind schedule. And now you're mad and you're showing up to work or wherever you're going and you're angry. And like, you know, it just becomes a snowball effect of problems. And yeah. if we can start our day with just a little word and gives you that breath of life and that breath of the gods with you, it helps you to kind of smile at things. And it's to the point now where I can see if the devil's trying to just do little things. I, I spill over my coffee or something. Now I just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're trying to discourage me. And, you know what I mean? So, I, you know, it's identifiable, but it's good. It's good, brother. So having these different tributaries and these opportunities for us to, to access each other, like-minded individuals who are growing in the Lord, it's, it's a necessity to keep us anchored and keep us in our lane on track for, for God, right? And, and keep the temptation to a minimal. 
because it's never going to stop. Temptation is never going to stop. The stronger we get in the Lord, the stronger the temptations and, and the attacks the devil's going to try on us. So we need each other to and together hook each other's arms and just be there for one another through prayer, through through scripture, through through just you know what I mean support. Mm. So, um, uh, association of fellowship. So people c- can look that up. Um, yes, just to kind of also uh, be a part of that encouragement. Right, that's right. Uh, Daniel, it's been so much of a pleasure um, having the opportunity to, to talk with you and just to hear your story. Um, and I want to thank you so much uh, for doing that. And, um, you know, you, you're, you've still got a, a long journey ahead, but you've got a long journey behind you. The most important thing is that God is with you, you know, and... Um, wherever he is going to take you, um, I know it's going to be someplace good. There's never, God never wastes an experience, you know. Amen. It's good. So I want to tell you how much I, I appreciate you, and thank you so much for taking this time out. Thank you for your openness. Um, it's hard sometimes to, uh, you know, to find uh, guys who are willing to be open you know, mm-hmm. but I really believe that's how we learn. That's right. How we uh, sharpen one another. You know, that's how we realize that, hey, I'm not the only person in the world here that is experiencing this and that, you know, I can still find support and help. So thank you, Daniel. So oh, man. Much. The pleasure's all mine, brother. I must say. I must say. And it's been a pleasure being being connected with you on these different platforms, more importantly, with your with your men's group. I'm really thankful for that. And uh, just, you know, I'm just appreciative that I have the ability, the opportunity to to gain wisdom from some of my brothers, you know, who have who have walked the walk and the, their relationship with God is is strong and, and I need that in my life to and I'm I'm my heart is open and my ears are open and I'm, my arms are open willing to take in what you have to give me, man. And I appreciate you as well. And uh on that same tip, I'm thankful for my family. I'm appreciative of my spouse for putting up with me after all this, you know, and God's been working in us, man. I'm telling you, I can't thank the Father enough. Because he has really been slowly and just creating who he wants in us, man. Chiseling away the old and letting the new shine through. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being a part of this journey as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Genesis Man Project Podcast. It's been a great conversation with Daniel Peters. I want to thank him for taking the time out to participate in this discussion. Also, thanks to Isabella Harriet for arranging and composing today's music. Now, males don't have to be imprisoned in or offended by the negative social perceptions of masculinity. Men and young men can participate and live in communities of discussion and support. That's why my desire, skills, gifting, and history centers around helping them discover and explore masculine identity. We can all become a part of this community by reading the Genesis Men Project, thought-provoking blogs and book, and listening to the podcast, and discovering the relevant resources that are available at the Genesis Men Project website. I invite men to join the challenge of living in and living out the reason, roles, and relationship of masculine identity. Bye for now, and see you next time.